You're listening to Be In Demand, the podcast for honest advice, inspiring stories, and ideas for growing your business by leveraging the expert that you are. I'm your host, Lori Mirabito, business mentor, and I'm also a reformed, painfully shy girl, red wine lover, and exercise enthusiast. Join me as I share how being positioned as the expert in your industry, even if it's a busy one, will help you stand out and be the one in demand to hire and work with. Thank you so much for coming on the show as somebody that, you know, you and I met on LinkedIn years ago and like, I, I knew you when you were working in the pharmaceutical and also getting your, your master's yeah. and you, you were doing leadership development on the side, you know, um, just share with my audience, like how you went from doing it on the side as a side hustle to your full-time, your full-time gig now. Yeah, it's interesting. And and thank you for having me on, LA. It's uh, always, I, I want to say maybe it's been 15 years or close to it. It feels like it anyway. Um, and yeah, so we met, I remember you were in the hospital as well. And, and uh, I was in the biotech industry, I was covering um, the oncology space for Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont, and some of Massachusetts at times. And for anybody that's familiar with that industry, they know that there isn't a, a lot of love between um, healthcare providers in in the the pharmaceutical or biotech industry uh, on a lot of levels. And um, being in that space, um, as you mentioned, I was sort of going through my master's program at that point around organizational leadership, but also about team effectiveness and and a lot of different things, right? How do you navigate stress and how do you um, have productive conflict? And what I decided to do was as my side hustle, I guess, even though I wasn't getting paid for it, it was providing me access to get into offices because I would go in and maybe meet with a nurse manager and I would have a question with them around, you know, what do you guys do for navigating stress for the people at work here? Or, you know, what do you do when you have employees that don't get along and your team is struggling? Or if I knew that there were issues, I would say, what would you think if I came in and did a workshop for you guys on some of the research around um, navigating conflict or dealing with stress? And they were always up for that, right? Because they didn't have a budget for it for the most part. And it provided an opp opportunity for me to build a real partnership with them and uh, and gain greater access. Mm -hmm. So that's how I used it. That's um, great. And I loved it. It was just something that I... I it's, it's like a passion and an obsession with me in terms of, and the environment that I came from was all around selling science. What's the science that backs it up? So I took the same approach to leadership and team development and personal development, because there's a lot of research out there that, that demonstrates why certain things work and why they don't. Right. And that's the approach I've taken. Right. And it's so funny. And this is the whole reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast, because you did a free workshop and I hear a lot of people out there, not necessarily my clients who say, well, I'm not going to speak for free, but when you do speak, I mean, there's always an exchange of value, whether you're getting an actual check or not, you're getting, you know, in those situations, you've got real life experience, but then it also turned into something else. Like these people remember you. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to refer you you know, because they're also raving about you. Those, those to me are like the three R's, you know, you want your audience to remember, rave and refer you to others. And 
by you speaking, this is, this is part of, and we're going to get more into the different forms of speaking and the different ways that you're getting your message out there, but this is how you have been building your business is through different forms of speaking. Yeah, without question. And in the thought of, I, I guess for me too, is that I love talking about this stuff. I, I love an audience. I certainly love to get paid for doing it. And that is what happens now. But there are still opportunities where if somebody asked me if I would do a workshop for for a group and, and it's whatever, something that I know that they don't have a lot of money, I, I'm happy to to do it if I can fit it in because it allows me to continue to refine my messages and, and listen to um, how they respond and, and how they land. And, and you never know where that's going to go, that somebody is going to take something in and they're going to benefit from it, hopefully, but also that they're going to tell somebody else and saying, we should reach out to him again. That's right. That's and you've got lots of stories where that's exactly what's happened. But let's just talk about the first one. If you can remember back to like one of those very first early on workshops, what did that feel like? Because a lot of people get like, like, oh my God, I got to like do a workshop. I'm nervous. Or they just pass by the opportunity. They just say no. Can you, can you sort of reflect back on that? One of those first few ones when you were working for the pharmaceutical company? Yeah. I, you know, I remember there was a, a, a group of more local group, really large multi-practice oncology group. And this was really the first one that with this individual or this group, I ended up doing a series of workshops and it was one that was really difficult to gain access to. This was a, 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 a practice that everybody, it was on their target list. Everybody had this, this group on their list in terms of you're in the industry. But as I mentioned, access is really difficult for, for people to be able to get in. So I knew the, I knew the nurse manager. I also knew the director of pharmacy at this location and I floated it by, by them. This was the first time I had done it of saying, you know, here's, here's some of the things that I'm hearing it, throughout other organizations in this space around the challenges, would you have any interest if, if I did a workshop on this? And they were thrilled. They loved it because again, they were, they were challenged with this, but there wasn't sort of money toward it. And the thought of having to get something approved, the amount of time that would take within the organization, I just got to come in and, and do a lunch. And actually what I did was now that I think about it on this one, particular one was I had another uh, pharmaceutical company that I, was friends with one of their reps, they came in and covered the lunch. Oh, nice. So they got to show up too. And they were thrilled too, because they get to get access. They supplied the food for it. I did the workshop and uh, it was just a, it was just a great event and it was really well received. And for me, what I loved about it was that I felt like I was an actual partner with this office. Like I, I not that what I was doing in terms of the treatments that I was I was talking to them about wasn't helping their patients, but this was really something I looked and said, this is a need that they have. And if they're able to better navigate their own stress and work better as teams, their patients are going to benefit as well. Yeah. There's, and the research backs that up too. Yeah. There's, there's such a domino effect to yeah. really good leadership. And so what did you do afterwards? I mean, you did a free workshop. I mean, did you get like testimonials? Did you like, you know, like I talk about, like, listen to the questions, because the questions that people ask, like, yeah, there's yeah. gold in that information. What did you do 
afterwards. Yeah, without question. So along those lines is is I remember one of the workshops that I was doing around resilience and and stress and and watching what what parts of it really were resonating with the group and then refining it from there. And then a lot of these, you know, nurses or the groups that I was involved with had associations that they had meetings with that we were sponsoring too. So when I'd be at one of those association meetings and I'd meet up with those individuals, those nurses or directors that I had worked with, they would introduce me to somebody else that was from a different practice and say, oh, you know, he came in and did a workshop on this. And that gave me an opportunity then to, again, say, yeah, I'd love to come in and be able to do the same thing that I'm, I'm doing for this group. Maybe we can get together. I'd love to hear more about what the challenges are specific to your group so that I can create a workshop that can address exactly what you're looking for. And that was, again, the other, I, I feel like the other strength that I, I had in terms of how I was able to really listen to what the needs were and then to create something that was specific to what they were trying to, uh, to, to take care of. Yeah. And I love that because I mean, I talk a lot about like having a signature speech, but to customize it so that your audience feels like you wrote it just for them. Yeah. What are some of the questions that you would ask during that meeting to learn more? So, I mean, one of the first ones I would ask is for you, what's the, what's the greatest challenge that's getting in the way of you doing the best work you can, either for your patients or, or your team? What are the biggest struggles that you, that you're facing right now? What, if you were to look six months down the road and you were able to address one challenge that you're faced with right now, what would that be? Mm -hmm. These are, and these are simple questions and people want to share this information. So, you know, yeah. you know, a, a resource that I use, and, and I think you actually might have introduced me to him was Alan Weiss, yes. um, a, a well-known consultant. And, and one of his books that I keep on, on a, a desk behind me was, is called value-based fees. And in the back of that, he has an appendix and, um, several of the appendixes in the back or appendices or however you pronounce that yes. anyway. Um, has a series of questions in terms of that you would ask to create value or to create ownership. And, and to me, that is when you start to refine that in, and learn how to ask good questions mm -hmm. in, in different responses to those questions, that is, that just makes you so much stronger. And, and going back to the industry, when I was in the pharmaceutical industry and I would, um, I would have meetings with oncologists or, or other providers, and I would listen for what their challenges were, what the, what the objections they were having. And then I would leave there and I literally, Lorena, I would write down what the objection was. And then I would, I would brainstorm what my response would be. If I were to come up to that objection again, how would I respond to that? What, what study might I cite that would address what their concern was? And I would, I would literally have five or six different responses to that. And the benefit to that was that when I was back out in the field, I would run into that objection again. And now I was prepared for different responses. And it's the same thing that I do in, in my work now in terms of coaching or working with organizations is that when I get questions or objections that I haven't heard before or, or challenges that people are having, I, I will write down how, what are the 
what are some of the things that I can add the next time that will address those, those issues? Or how would I answer that next time? Because it's always going to come up again. And now I'm, I'm, I'm prepared for it. Always. I, I always say like, listen to the questions that, yeah. people, that, that people ask um, and listen to those answers. Cause there's so much gold in that. It, even just like in a presentation, if um, during, like during your workshop, if somebody, you know, is asking you a question and you feel like, but I already, I just, I answered that in your perspective, you answered it. But to me, I'm always thinking like, if my audience is asking questions about it, that means that I didn't cover it clearly enough. I didn't communicate the points, you know, or maybe they were, they, they were just coming from a different perspective and they've got a different opinion. It's just like, Oh, you're opening up my eyes to something new. But again, there's always gold in questions and comments from the audience. Yeah. You bring up such a great point there. And, and again, to me, that's around being curious ourselves. Right. And we, we know the information. So we think like everybody else should understand it. I can just speak in this language and people are going to understand it and no worries. And uh, I think you're, you're right on, right. The more alert you are, if you realize that, or if it's it's multiple times in your workshops, you have the same questions that are coming up that you say, I'm something is wrong with how I'm delivering this piece. If this same question comes up, whenever I do this, it doesn't seem like it's it, people are getting what I'm saying. Yes. And My for, fault. It's not their fault. Right. And for for anybody who's listening, I mean, this is why you should record yourself. You know, because yeah. maybe those questions in the middle, you might forget to write down. I mean, like kudos to you to like to walk out to your car and like, you know, take a bunch of really good notes. But for those of us, like if you're not able to, I mean, record your presentations, you know, that's super easy. Like on, you know, like when you're speaking virtually, but even when you're speaking in person so that you can have all of those questions, because I always say like, you know, you leave it on after you're also done when people come up and they want to actually speak to you. Can you um, talk about, you know, what ripple effect you have seen, not just from that very initial one, but even from some of the other industry meetings that I know that you've spoken at? Uh, you know, for me, what I've noticed, and again, I started out in healthcare, I would say just because that was where I was most comfortable. And that's where I had the, the greatest network. Every industry thinks they're unique in terms of the challenges that they're facing. And and I I don't try and argue against that. Um, But what I do is, is I, I speak the language that is familiar to them, but the foundation doesn't change in terms of, of the models that I use. You just have to change some of the words so that it fits what they're doing. And, and again, I, I look to the environment that I came from in, in selling is that provided me that opportunity to understand my audience, know your audience and, and speak the language. And that's not about being disingenuous, um, or unethical. It's really just about understanding that if, if I want the importance of this message to get through, then I need to understand the language that you speak in to be able to make sure that it can resonate to what your needs are. So for me, um, I, I work with with shipbuilders and construction workers and bankers and um, physicians and nurses, a lot of different languages there. But when it comes down to it, the social needs 
that that we have the demonstrated social needs from a scientific standpoint for each one of those groups is very similar. Yeah. Ready to get positioned as the expert, attract perfect clients, and monetize your authority? Well, speaking is the fastest way to grow your business while building know, like, and trust. Having a speech will attract the perfect clients to you and get you rebooked again and again. So if you're ready to craft a speech that is compelling, captivating, and most importantly, converting, then get on the waitlist for in-demand signature speech, where you'll learn my step-by-step process to build a speech that gets your audience's attention, explains why you're the expert to keep listening to, share immense value while subconsciously addressing the objections your audience is thinking and feeling so that when you share the next step, it's a no-brainer for them to say yes. Let's get your presentation ready for you to deliver with confidence. Stop wasting time, energy, and money building a business the hard way. Join the waitlist for in-demand signature speech at speakandstandout.com forward slash SS. Very similar. I agree. And and in healthcare specifically, you know, it's so life and death that, yeah, the executives that I've, that I've had to, that I've had the the honor of working with and different organizations, you know, they do think it's different from the construction, from the bankers, but you're right. No, you just peel back the layer and peel back their language and leadership is leadership. Yeah. One of my favorite models that I I was introduced to back in 2009 was a model called SCARF. It was developed by a a neuroscientist out of Australia named David David Rock, who's written a bunch of books in this space. And this SCARF model, I will say even more so since COVID and and post-COVID, I've found has become even more relevant. And it's it's based on five social needs that we have. And, And when the needs are satisfied. We have a reward response, meaning we move toward it. We become more engaged. And when they're either neglected or they're absent or they're threatened, then we become avoidant. We move away from those things. We become disengaged. And they're very similar, right? I mean, they're very simple ones that SCARF is about status. That's the S. It's about our needing to feel important or valued. The next one is around certainty. It's uh, understanding what the rules of the road are, so to speak, and and what the direction is that we're going to be going in. So I know what, what that is. Um, the next is around autonomy, that we all need a sense of feeling that we control our own destiny. Even if I work within an organization, I still want to feel as though I'm not being micromanaged, that I have some control over how I do my work. Um, relatedness is the next one in that model, that I need to feel a sense of connection to the group that I'm with or the team that I'm on or with my manager or whatever that is. And the last one is around fairness. And it's the feeling of equity that we're all treated the same here. Um, that n- some don't get better treatment or don't have to follow certain rules that others have to follow. And it's a very simple model to think about in terms of, of those social needs. When they're met, we're we're in a great space. And when we're not, um, bad things happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and I, I, I know of David Rock and yeah, he's, yeah, his books are fantastic. Yes. <laughs> I love neuroscience. Basic stuff. And that's the foundation of, of leadership is really is under, it's the foundation of just about and yeah. everything. Yeah. And there's a science behind this. It's not to say that it works all of the time, but it's, 
there's evidence that backs up why these things are important. Right. right? That's to me, the benefit of, of understanding them. Yeah. So there are other forms of getting your message out there that I, that I love about what you're doing. Um, so let's just touch on your book and yeah. the one, and you're also writing another one because that's a form of getting your message out there. It's, you know, and I'm a big fan of having, being a speaker and having books and also you have a podcast. I mean, this is another way that you are just constant. You're constantly speaking. You have, you know, if you're recording a podcast every week, you're speaking at least every week. Yeah. If not more. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and if you look at some of the other ones now, so I've tried to continue that on. So LinkedIn audios is another one that, that you can add to that or, um, LinkedIn lives. I don't do those as, as much as I was, but I'm definitely doing more of the LinkedIn audios. And, uh, I love that platform. So talk to us about using LinkedIn audio as, as, as a stage. Yeah. So the, the LinkedIn audios provide you an opportunity that you can, excuse me, you can basically create a podcast on demand that you don't need to have a podcast. If you're on LinkedIn, you could say, I want to do a, a workshop next week on how to create more engagement with your employees. And I'm going to do it for 30 minutes and I can set it up on my LinkedIn under events, as long as I have creator under events and, and set that up. Mm-hmm. And what's really to me neat about that is that I can invite um, up to a thousand first level connections every week to one of these. So if every, every week, if I wanted to do one of these, I can actively reach out and invite up to a thousand people. And that's above and beyond all the people that if I just post it, it might get reshared. Somebody else outside of my network sees it if somebody likes it. But there's a a lot of opportunity there. And, And also what I like about the LinkedIn audios is that it provides an opportunity for people to interact real time. So anybody in the audience that's on can raise their hand and and they can come online and ask the question that they want to ask. So let's see, it was probably three weeks ago. I had as a guest, Stephen M.R. Covey on. Yes. And his book was, I interviewed him on the podcast um, the end of last year when it first launched. And I reached out to him again to say, because I knew he was launching the the paperback version of his book. And I said, do you want to do a LinkedIn live? And and we'll see where it goes. We'll do a Q&A. So we had over 250 people that had that had registered to sign up, which is really is pretty good. Yeah. And what was even better is that, you know, you think about this out of 250, um, not many people of those generally will show up because they think, oh, well, I'll just get, listen to the recording at some point along the way. Right. We were close to 60 people that were online for this. Good. And the questions kept coming from, from the audience. So we kicked it off and started talking and all of a sudden this thing took on a life of its own that people would, were, were queuing up asking questions. So what I have is I have software here that allows me to record the audio. So in another three weeks, what I'll do is I'm going to post as a, as another podcast episode on my podcast, learning from leaders, this conversation that, that Steven and I had about, about his book with, with the audience on there. So it's like, you get to repurpose it again. Very nice. And so you have to tell us, um, what was the software? Um, so it's a, it's a device that I use called zoom. 
Um, and it's almost like a little mixer and it has a, uh, it has, um, you know, whatever the little scan disc memory cards in it Okay. that what I do is, is it records, I have the opportunity to record it on this. And then once it's done, I then upload it to, um, audio to, um, right to your podcast. Yeah. Right to my, right Very to my nice. podcast. And I'm all about repurposing and recycling yeah. things. Like you never do things just once. Yeah. Ever, ever. Okay. So I, I, I like that. So can you, I'm just curious um, with this LinkedIn event, could you, could you actually use something that was pre-recorded? That's a good question. I know you can, for the LinkedIn lives, you can, mm -hmm. you can do a pre-recorded um, for the audios. I'm not sure if, um, if you can do a pre-recorded or not, I don't believe so, but I, I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Okay. So you know, the LinkedIn um, audio would be great for anybody who just feels like, hey, like I'm not, I don't have a great background. I feel a little camera shy. It's like a great way just to almost like, let me start getting my message out there. Now, how often do you do these? Are you doing them monthly? Are you doing it? So weekly? I probably do one every three weeks. Okay. Is, is probably about what I do. And and you bring up a great point, Ella, is that if, if people are sort of like, oh, I don't know that I want to do that, or I'm nervous about doing it, don't invite anybody. And then just get on the line and maybe nobody shows up for it, but just treat it as though, because I've had those before where there are some episodes that I've done that I knew I wanted to make it as a podcast, but I thought if I'm going to do it as a podcast anyway, and it's a, it's a monologue of me talking about a model, why not do it on LinkedIn live? And that way, if I get anybody, if they want to listen in, if they have questions, great. But if they don't, I'm recording it anyway, and I'm just going to convert it into a podcast anyway. So it, it, it just expands the opportunity for me to get this message out. And also I don't, I don't get nervous or, or concerned like, Oh, I can't believe nobody's here listening to this. I just pretend that it's just a podcast that I'm doing. Nobody yeah. listens to my podcast anyway, when I'm recording them beforehand, right. hopefully people listen after. <laughs> right. <laughs> but what a great way just to, Hey, I'm doing this. I'm recording my podcast. Yeah. So I might as well just share it with other people. Yeah. I'm going to edit it and maybe even edit out yeah. you know, certain parts, but so what it's like, it's, you're getting your message out there. Cause you, you just never know how it's going to land with somebody like people. I just feel and you know, like you've put out a post and it's like, this is exactly what I needed to read today. This yeah. is exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah. yeah. And the nice thing about audio too, is, is you don't have to worry about, I can wake up in the morning and put a hat on and not have to worry about, mm -hmm. you know, what I look like in, I can be looking at notes or an outline that I put and, and don't have to worry about, am I looking up at the screen? Am I, am I engaging the audience? I can have everything scripted and, and bullet pointed out the way that I want to go through it. And you can have just a natural conversational tone as you're, as you're going through stuff. And also they don't have to be long. No, go for they eight don't. minutes, 10 minutes. They don't. Right? Yeah. Be, so, you know how fast that goes. Yes. And if you're just like you said, you just want to like record your own podcast. It doesn't have to be long. And it also, you could do it spur of the moment. Like, I just feel like recording a podcast right now, create a mini event, just like you said, like if someone yeah. joins, fabulous. If they don't, who cares? Yeah. You can still like listen to the, uh, the recording afterwards, right? Kind of like a replay. Yeah. I, well, as long as you have the recording software, if you don't, that's the only downside with the LinkedIn audios yet is that unlike the, uh, unlike the LinkedIn lives that somebody can listen to it after they've 
after the event has happened with LinkedIn audio, you can't do that. Once, once the, the episode is gone, it's gone. So all of those people, I think that, that probably don't listen, they think I'll just listen to it later on. And they realize that there is no, there is no, no <laughs> replay on this unless you do what I do and it gets repurposed into a, uh, into a podcast. Cause I had, especially on the, on the Stephen Covey one, I had a bunch of people say, look at, I couldn't make it. Can you send me, when am I going to get the, you know, the, the link to the recording? I said, you're not, there is no link to the recording, but there is going to be a podcast episode that I'm going to do. So just watch my LinkedIn site because it will show up. And I was one of those people who said, because you did a part two with him. Yeah. And I was just like, well, where's part one? <laughs> I got I have to listen to part one. And I do remember I went to your website to actually listen to that yeah. first one is what where I believe it. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that was the first one. Yeah. Very um, nice. And it's funny, you know, so along those lines, uh, in terms of, you know, we're talking about networking or how does one thing lead to another? This was back in, in October that somebody from Wiley had reached out to me because of the podcast. So the, my podcast has been out since 2018. I think I'm at 175 episodes, somewhere around there. And they had reached out in regards to Stephen's new book, Trust and Inspire, that was that was published. Um, I want to say it was like November or December when it when it got published. They said, "Do you want to get a preview of the book and and then interview him on it?" So I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." Like I thought it was a joke at first. I'm like, "Yes, I absolutely want to interview Stephen Covey." So we had such a great time. The interview was I loved meeting him. He was awesome. So as we finished the interview, he's like, listen, he goes, my sister, Cindy, is writing a book right now uh, that she's finishing up that she was writing with my dad, mm -hmm. Stephen Covey, before he died. Mm -hmm. And when he died, suddenly the book sort of went on hold for her, but she's now in the process. It's been finished and she's going to be launching in January. Would you be interested in reading her book? and interviewing her. And again, I'm like, absolutely, <laughs> please. So um, I get her book mailed to me, it's called Live Life in Crescendo, which is a great, uh, just a great book. Um, and then from there, uh, I was introduced to Jim Hewling, who's another uh, Franklin Covey author who wrote a book called The Four Disciplines of Execution, which is a, a book that I love. So I got to interview him. And then from that, um, it's like more and more of these type of book off, you know, book companies were reaching out to me about different opportunities. So I got to interview Jim Lair recently for um, his book that he co-wrote with uh, Sheila Olson called Wise Decisions. Um, I was able to interview Alan Weiss for one of, for one of his new books. And to me, that's, you know, along this line of, just get started. And all of a sudden things just sort of, they just roll into the next thing. And, and it, it just provides um, more credibility in terms of what you're doing. Yeah. You have to say yes. Yeah. Yes to yourself, but also, <laughs> you know, this goes back to, you know, I'm hearing you talk about, and then it led to this one and this one speaking to the gift that keeps on giving yeah. one after the other, after the other, you know, you just never know. Just like you said, you, you thought it was a joke at first, 
but yeah. you said yes. And it turned out to be and the like book showed up. Real. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was awesome. That's fantastic. so those have been a lot of fun um, to to do those type of events. And and to me, the podcast, the podcast is like my weekly opportunity to to go to school mm-hmm. because I'm always trying to learn as I'm reading these books, you know, what, what don't I know, or what can I improve on that this author has put out there and, and just the discussions alone sort of spark um, different thoughts. And it's been a real benefit. I, I, I love it. And it's how it, it's how I continue to sort of stay, stay sharp on things. Good. So do you, um, how often, or no, that's not the right question. How much time do you feel that you set aside to prepare for a podcast? Well, it depends. So uh, if it's a book that I'm reading, that obviously takes more time because if you think about it, and what I love is that books that are out that have an audio with them already, Mm-hmm. I, I will listen to the audio. I have the book and and just so that I can reference back to it, <clears throat> but I will listen to the audio because I can do it so much faster and and it's easier for me to listen to and I will be taking notes. Mm-hmm. You know, I will generally have a you know a pad of paper or something that I'll I'll write notes as I'm going through. We'll stop it and you know and I'll put like a a cue next to it. Like this is a question I want to make sure I ask based on what I what was just said in this book. <clears throat> so I mean that can be to prepare for that, for a book that's, you know, an audio book that's eight hours, mm-hmm. I put it at two times speed or one and a half times speed. So it's still four to six hours of me having to listen to, to the book. And then another hour probably to formulate questions or thoughts in regards to what, what the flow is. I don't have a, a set of questions that I will ask anybody <clears throat> a, a script, so to speak, because it just, it's going to go where it's going to go. I mean, right. I'm prepared for it in terms of knowing what I'd like to have come out of it. But that said, it's just going to, it will happen the way it's going to happen. Yeah. I um, and then from there, it takes, for me, um, after the recording's done, it takes me probably for a 45 minute episode, probably another hour and a half to, to listen to it again and mm-hmm. cut out some of the ums and ahs or redundancies. And then I ship it off to somebody else that does all of the, the real editing. I just scrub it once and then they go through it. So there's a lot of time. And I laugh about it now because when I first started doing the podcast in 2018, my idea was I wanted to interview one person a week and I wanted to do one podcast where I would talk about a specific study. And I quickly learned like, I'm going to kill myself doing this. Like I do not have enough time to do this. And I was doing everything at that point. Yeah. You know, post-production pre getting it online. It was, uh, it was a nightmare. Gotta have help. Yeah. I'm reading right now, Dan Martell's buy back your time, which is really so true. Really, really good. I haven't read the book, but just the title of itself. It's like, there are (laughs) things that, and I remember hearing about that people saying, well, if you don't think you have the money, you still need to do it because you will never, your time is so much more valuable. And it's so true. 
It is. And, and I had my first virtual assistant before I really needed them because I knew myself. And once you get into it, it's like, you know, to stop doing something and then teach somebody. So it's just like, just let somebody like, just learn that habit right from the beginning. So this is actually, um, I'm going to make the segue into assistance more specifically the whole AI, because you've been posting about it and, um, you know, and we've had discussions about this, that, you know, it's literally a tool, but share with, with, um, with the audience, because you're teaching the people that you're, um, that you're working with for leadership development, like here's how to use AI in interviewing in your own department. Yeah. Um, to me, it's, uh, it's a great tool but it is a tool. And, you know, people have said, Oh, you know, well, what, what are you going to do when it replaces however many hundreds of thousands of individuals? And, and I remember hearing somebody else say, AI will not replace, you know, your job. Somebody that knows how to use AI will be the one that replaces your job. And I do believe that. I think if you're, if you're resistant to this tool without even having um, explored it yourself in terms of how you're using it, you're, you're, it's not going away. So you ignoring it isn't going to make AI not continue to grow. So why not find a way to be curious and embrace how you can leverage this thing to your advantage? And, and I remember the first time that I went on it and I was listening to a, uh, I was listening to a podcast by uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. And I, I love listening to Gary V. I don't listen to him all the time, but it seems like every time that I've listened to him, like he's like this visionary in some regards, or he's just aware of things. He just watches what's going on. And I remember him mentioning, and this was the beginning of January, he mentioned chat GPT and I immediately like went on and, and played with it. And I was blown away. Like, I just couldn't believe the questions that I was asking it and it would produce the answer. So I, I give an example. I had uh, the model that I use called cables. It's a model that I developed. Each each of the behaviors, all through them, have, have research that backs up why each of them works. But I wanted to play around with chat. So what I did was I cut and pasted my model of chat um, into chat. And I asked it to provide additional sources of evidence that would support the the behaviors that I was talking about. And within 15 seconds, it, it gave a whole list of like how you could use it. And then I, I just kept playing with it. I said, um, give me an example of a leader having a, a difficult time with a, an employee and wants to implement the cables model. How would they do that with this employee provide specific examples for each behavior? And it would, it literally started typing out, you know, a congruence, your leader could do this uh, for appreciation, your leader probably would want to do this. And I thought, boy, what a great tool to be able to use with those people that I'm working with in the models where I could say, if we just talked about scarf, mm -hmm. I could then say, let's, let's now take that scenario and, and ask a question in chat based on this scenario that I'm facing right now, what social needs do I think are probably being impacted as it relates to SCARF? 
and it would say status, you know, your employee may be feeling this because of this happening. It provides an opportunity for, for priming the pump as, as I have often said of when I'm kind of struggling with, I don't know how to start this off. I don't know the question to ask. I don't know how to build a framework. This will create that framework. And that's not to say that whatever it gives me for answers, I'm going to say, oh, these are perfect. I'm just going to follow this. But it provides a structure for me to say, I like that. And now I'm going to build off of that. Yeah. And it's, it's a tool and it's a tool think of how much like it's helping you brainstorm and put out their put out more content. I mean, your yeah. clients are benefiting because of this, because you're learning how to use this tool. Without question, mm-hmm. without question. You know, one of the questions that, or one of the, one of the criticisms that had come up was, that, oh, it's going to, you know, kids are going to cheat in school and all of this stuff. And right. We know that there's software out there that, or there's AI that can detect when AI is being used, but there's also ways to get around those in terms of how you structure your sentences. But again, rather than try and demonize chat, I would say, how do you help it to be a, an aid to teaching? So if I were a teacher, and I'm actually going to, I shouldn't say I'm going to, I'm in one of the workshops that I'm starting out, I'm going to use chat in this where I'm going to provide them with an article that I'm going to ask them to read. And what I want them to do is use chat to ask an additional question off of what they've read something that that they felt like the article sparked an additional thought that they might have and ask chat how it would sort of follow up with this. And then I want them to present on that. Very because nice. what that does is it, it, to me, that's about critical thinking and, and learning how to ask better questions. You're using this tool to say, here's what you just read. What has this just sparked in you in terms of other thoughts that you might have? And then if I say to chat, how would you use this in this situation? That's what I want to hear somebody present to me on is that after I read your article, I then asked this question and this is the response that I got to me. That's about figuring out how do I use this thing to, to be a benefit to me. Yeah. And you're, it's, it's just the way that you're getting your message out there. Yeah. you know, like more people need to hear, you know, about leadership development, about the neuroscience that's behind it, that's underneath it, that makes great <laughs> leaders. Because like, why shouldn't we just enjoy going to work? Everybody, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's what got me into, into leadership was, that, you know, like I was working at Leahy Clinic and I went from one department to another department, you know, just to, for my career. And just like, I just went from one great environment and I went to a terrible environment as like same organization, different manager leadership sets the tone. I mean, and you know, like, I think it was, it's a bad, it was a bad experience that set me out. And I was just like, why can't people enjoy going to work? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, so what you're doing, you know, you know what, you know what I, um, so on the chat thing again, though, Lori, is that one of the things that I, I love about it, think of this, talk about a safe place to be where if you don't understand something, you can ask chat who doesn't care about your level of intelligence. And I'll give you a perfect example. So my brother, John and I, um, who he is far, uh, smarter than I am, will send me articles at times where it's just like, it's too cerebral for me. It's just like way over my head. And I remember he sent me something not that long ago. And I'm like, 
I think I read it twice. I'm like, I, this still is not, you know, and it was some philosopher or some, I cut and paste it and I put it in the chat and I said, please reduce this thing down to um, being explained on a fifth grade level. <laughs> I'm not joking. Right. So I'm, 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 I know you about, can do that as humble yeah. as I can get right now, but it was in language that I was like, okay, now I understand sort of what the, what this article was, yeah. was about to and me. That's another great way to, to use it, right, is yeah. to say, I, what, because I can build up from there. Okay, now that I understand what is being said, now I can start to see how the real article speaks to that. Yeah. But it, it provides it on a level that I can, uh, I can understand. <laughs> I love it. Um, and it's so true. I love cut and pasting, even like um, content that I've written and just like at, like rewrite it, rewrite mm -hmm. it you know, so that I can reuse it someplace else. We write it with this kind of a tone, yep. um, you know, like make people laugh. And again, it's, it is a great tool to right. embrace. Or, or, or a workshop that I want to do and, and I will put it together and I'll say, act as an expert instructional design creator and um, redesign this workshop based on this content um, in a structure for adult learners. That. Now that's taking the science behind instructional, you know, instructional design and outlining this workshop in a, in a format that has probably been demonstrated through research to be the most effective, or one of the most effective ways to present information. Yeah. So it, it, it enhances what I do. It takes my content and allows me to make sure that I'm providing it in a structure that is going to be, um, you know, most, most accessible. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Before I have one final question for you, and that is for any like coach or consultant that's out there, you know, what would be your piece of advice for them for getting their message out there? Um, but you know, like if, even if it's just based on like your personal experience and some, the ups and downs of, of working for yourself. Well, that's a whole different, you know, I, I would say network. Network is the biggest thing I, I have. Uh, and, and you're one of them, Lorianne, in terms of reach out to people that are in the same field as you. And and we all, we all like to share our wins and, and the challenges that we're faced with. And, and it gives opportunities to sort of bounce ideas past. So that's, if you're out on your own, I, I would find a network that you can, you can bounce things off of. Um, and in terms of of what would I do? Content is king. Yeah. Really, nobody's going to know who you are or what you do unless you start putting content out there. And it's so much easier now to get content out there. And again, I think ChatGPT is a is a perfect way to to do that. And this isn't just about you know having it write articles because I think if you do that, you'll start to see like there's no real life behind mm -hmm. the article. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're struggling with getting started, this can provide a structure to it where then you can go in and, and then you're just an editor to the article to make it sound a little bit more personal. And there, and as you mentioned, there are ways that you can, you can train it to, to write in your style. I haven't found it to be that great yet um, for me. Um, but I know some people um, do that more, more regularly. But any type of content, I mean, there's so many different ways to do it, right? LinkedIn audios, LinkedIn lives, um, short articles, share stuff, 
uh, is another way. Share other people's contents. Content, you know, comment on their stuff, on what you're seeing. Heartfelt comments, not yeah. just yeah, that was great. It's like talk about what was great about yeah. it, you know, in your comment. I love that. And please share with everybody like where they can find you and learn from you and just I don't know, just yeah, thanks. Wanna... Um, so the the book that I have is is called The Leadership Bridge. Um, you can get it off of Amazon. Um, the best way to reach out to me is really through LinkedIn. I find that's where I, I spend most of my time. Um, and it's obviously, excuse me, it's Patrick. And the last name is Verano. It's V as in Victor, E-R-O-N-E-A-U. That's where I spend most of my time. I've got a website, which is Emory Leadership Group. And it's E-M-E-R-Y leadershipgroup.com. You can go there. Those are the yeah. best places to get a hold of me. And uh, I, I love connections. So, yeah. Yeah, so re- yeah, so reach out to him, especially if you've got some leadership needs and want to improve on your leadership. Um, definitely reach out to uh, to Patrick. Patrick, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks. I always love this. So hmm. thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Thanks. Peace. Thanks for hanging out with me. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And join me over in my private Facebook group for more tips, community, and free trainings. You'll find the link in the show notes. You can also help this podcast reach more listeners by leaving a review. And as a thank you, each month I pick one of my reviewers to win a free coaching call with me. So if you haven't done so already, please leave a review and you could be the next winner.